ESPN 94.1 FM at 8:930 present The Drive. Brought to you by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Local then, local now. Member FDIC. It is Wednesday, September 2nd. Your drive begins now on ESPN 94.1 at AM 930. I'm your host, Paul Swan. You can join this program by calling the Miller Lite phone lines at 877-420-TALK. That is 877-420-8255. Miller Lite, hold true. Great taste. It's only 96 calories is the original light beer. Coming up today on the program, we're going to hear from the voice of EKU, Greg Stoltemeyer. He'll join us here shortly, so we'll talk about Marshall and EKU. As I mentioned, your phone calls. We'll also get your tweets in, at Paul Swan on Twitter. the way to find me. Looking forward to seeing what you guys are thinking today. I know the one thing that really went crazy on social media yesterday, well, there might be another Pennington at quarterback here in the near future at Marshall University. I know we're getting a little ahead of ourselves here. It's a little early in the process, but if one of the all-time greats has a son who happens to be a quarterback, well, what else is Marshall going to do? Make that offer. Make that offer and say, hey, would you like to be quarterback here? At Marshall University. So that's what really took social media yesterday a little bit. A lot of people getting excited just because of the fact that Marshall remembering all the success under Chad Pennington. And I thought it was pretty cool. Actually, I would love to see another Pennington. I am officially old, and you are too. Some of you, you just have heard about Chad Pennington. For for those of us that were there, you're we're old. We just all officially got old with that offer. So good job, Marshall, making me feel really old right now because I was at Marshall when Chad was at Marshall. I was there. He was there. You probably, a lot of you were fans in the stands at that time. So how much older do you feel? Chad's got a kid. He could be playing college ball here real soon, and it could be at Marshall. So after I get over that, just the feeling of, where did the time go and, and how much time do I have left? You know, we look forward here to Marshall taking on EKU, and that's coming up on Saturday. And again, if you're not sure of what you need to know, Marshall's putting out a lot of information on their website, herdzone.com. And I'm encouraging everyone to go and read, really read what they're asking you to do, how they're going about taking care of you, what they're asking out of you in return what the policies are going to be. Read up on all of that. If you're going to be in the stadium watching the game, do everything that they ask of you. Hear the policies. Do it. And you don't have to worry about maybe the next game, no fans, because there are still schools, and there are so many, we can't just go over them all. It would just be one long laundry list. But there are a lot of schools that are still coming out with, no, we're not going to have fans at our game depending on the region and the situation, but Marshall's going to have fans. Uh, Next week, EKU will be in Morgantown. There won't be fans in the stands there. There might not be high school sports in the Morgantown area next week in Mon County because the color-coded map is uh, leaning towards the orange, and if it's orange on Saturday, they're going to cease activities uh, as far as actual play. You, You can still practice if you're in the orange. But getting to the point now, we're in Morgantown, and the area, the bars got closed 4 o'clock hour this afternoon because there were photos that were showing students, I presume students, 
and lots of students, just not social distancing, not wearing masks. They were going out the bars and they were, it's not the fact they were going to bars. It's the fact that they were going to bars and such huge numbers and not wearing the mask and all of that. So, you know, WVU is starting to have a problem with that. And I hope that that's not going to be a problem. We start seeing here with Marshall anytime soon, keep the numbers down because keep it in mind that if Cabell County goes into the orange, then Huntington High and Cabell Midland can't play. Cabell Midland already got hosed in a, in a way because Cabell County's good, but yet Cabell Midland's opponent can't play. You're in the wrong color code, and there wasn't a, a really an ability to, to get another game. So in that sense, Cabell Midland got really hosed because they're ready to go, and all of a sudden they don't have a game, and they can't get a makeup game, and so they got to wait. And if Cabell County, I don't think Cabell's leaning towards the orange, but if Cabell County would go into orange, then you'd have Huntington High and Cabell Midland not having a game next week. And guess what? It's against each other. So that's a pretty big game. So read everything that they put out. Do what you need to do. If you if you have questions, I'm sure the ticket office will help you, and there'll be people that will help you, but it just comes down to this. When you go to the game on Saturday, you know, be smart. And yeah, another thing, this is me telling you, because you have a rare opportunity here, and I'd hate to see all of this work, and then you have an outbreak and something happened, and then next thing you know, Next game, well, you know what? We tried it, couldn't get it to work, so no fans for the game in a couple of weeks. You don't want to hear that. Marshall wants to play all six games at home. Marshall Marshall can't control the road. That's the one thing. Marshall can't control what happens on the road as far as is this game going to be played or not. But you can control your portion of it here at home. So I'm just going to say that, throw that out there, and everybody hopefully – will understand what is going on here. And another thing, you just again, you don't want to you don't want to put the area in a different color code here. You get, we're living by the color code now. Are we orange this week? Are we red? Are we yellow? Are we green? Uh-oh, we're in yellow, don't want to go to orange. Okay, we're in orange. Uh, no, that's not good. You definitely don't want to be in red, but you got to get out of the orange. You know, you don't we're living by color codes now. Again, hate the word new normal. So, hey, this is our reality now. We're living by color codes. And I saw some of the sentiment that kids in in Mon County, kids in the area are going to be penalized because the numbers are going up because of, of what's happening with West Virginia. Students coming back, their behavior, the cases that are associated with the students coming back. And... A lot of the sentiment I'm reading, again, all this is anecdotal, but hey, these these kids, these high school kids are getting punished. They're getting really, I guess, it's getting taken out on them because the county can't keep it in, you know, in green or yellow. And a lot of it's because of WVU. WVU gets to play in a week. But if the color code hits a certain range and stays that way, the high schools are going to be impacted by this in it. You know, really, it's WVU students' fault, or you know, with the increased activity and the increased population coming back in, a lot of them out of state, a lot of kids coming from different areas bringing, you know, COVID with them. 
contracting it and spreading it and the behavior there. I hope that doesn't happen elsewhere. I don't hope that really doesn't happen here with Marshall. I don't think it's going to, but let's be honest, uh, it can happen anywhere. So uh, that's where we're at as far as just uh, kind of uh, assessing the day here. I've been looking at a little bit of that on social media, keeping an eye on what's going on with the color code, the whole can you play, can you not play. I'll say this. Uh, we're good right now in Campbell County, so that means we've got Huntington High football coming up this Friday night right here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. So we'll turn our attention to Marshall and EKU. When we continue, when we come back from break, uh, we're going to talk to the voice of EKU, Greg Stoltemeyer. He'll join us on the other side of the break here on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. You're listening to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. We are presented by Huntington Federal Savings Bank. Welcome back to the Wednesday, September 2nd edition, The Drive on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. So we're closer to game day. It's Wednesday. We have got a game on Saturday. I didn't think we'd get to this point. We're halfway there. Uh, knock on wood, it's going to happen on Saturday. And joining us now on the program, he's going to have the EKU side of things, Greg Sotomayor. Greg, thanks for joining me. It's been it's been really exciting these last few weeks to actually finally be able to talk about a game instead of are we going to play a game? Yeah, I heard. I heard just the last part of it. Yeah, everybody's excited to finally play football, and uh, you know you keep your fingers crossed every week, but. Uh, I think it was the right move by by schools to give it a try as long as they follow safety procedures and it's working out for Eastern Kentucky definitely to to play two back-to-back games on national platforms and and do something that the other OBC schools are not doing. If you would talk about that, EKU sort of gone out on its own, maybe a little roguish, maybe not or just taking the sure thing knowing that there's no guarantee that football would happen in the spring. The athletics director has said there were three reasons why player safety in the sense that you're not trying to compress two seasons into a small amount of time, spring and fall. Uh, also, just the fact that they want to play and they think they they can. And um, I think it's proven. I, I didn't know at first, but I think it's proven to be the right decision so far. And uh, time will tell. But when you are at the mid-major level, and in the FCS level, your staff is not as large. So imagine compressing football into a season that would also include the basketball season and the spring sports as well eventually. And you do not have at schools like EKU, most schools don't have good indoor facilities. So practice would start sometime in January and I just think that puts uh, the situation into into kind of a desperate mode for, for FCS schools. On the flip side, you have a pretty attractive schedule. EKU might come out on the good end of this, um, probably uh, one of the best schedules you've seen in a while. Yeah, it is a really good schedule because you've got a mixture of, uh, of FCS teams and FBS teams. Of the eight games, fiber on the road, Three are FBS games, as you know, Marshall, West Virginia, and Troy. So you've got a good mixture there. Uh, You've got about a million dollars in money that will be generated if you play all three of those games. And then the other games are really good 
FCS team, Central Arkansas, 11th preseason, went deep in the playoffs last year. They play a home and away. Stephen F. Austin has been parentally good out of the Southland Conference. And then Western Carolina, who was already on the schedule, will come to Richmond late in the year. And they are still looking potentially for a ninth game as well. Looking at everything that has happened, what makes EKU confident as an institution that it can pull off football? Not you know, looking at what would happen in the spring or those issues there, but what makes EKU feel confident where other schools and other conferences, including the OVC, just don't feel comfortable in pursuing football? I hate to speak for the university because I, I really haven't had a chance to sit down and talk with the athletics director, Matt Roan, in detail. Here's my sense. The OVC said you can play up to four non-conference games. So if you say it's okay to play four football games, why would you not play more? And so I, I think that is as long as you follow all the protocols. And so the 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 head coach, the new head coach, and the athletics director and the administration all felt that they didn't want to play four, stop, and then try to play a conference schedule. If we're going to play, let's play. And so that's when they went out and tried to put together a schedule, which they've been successful with, to play eight games. And there's 15 schools of the 126 in FCS that are going to play in the fall. Two other OBC teams are going to play schedules that are at uh, just three games. And then, but you look at the FBS, and my latest total was 76 of the 130 or so FBS schools are playing. So, um, to me, it just makes more more sense. And they felt confident that it wasn't fair to the athletes to play four games, stop, and then come back and start practicing in January for a spring schedule. If you would, you mentioned you had a new head coach, Walt Wells. This is definitely a trial by fire in any definition of first year being the head coach of a college football team. Yeah, I mean, imagine you take Doc Holliday. He's been there 11 years. He talks to, to his athletes. He knows them all. And, and that line of communications and trust is there. For Walt and his staff, they come in. They start spring practice right before spring ba- break. They have a spring break. They come back and everything's shut down. And then you come back and you start – early because like Marshall, there was a time where they thought, EKU thought that the West Virginia game would be in week zero. So they started practice pretty early, but as things started to fall apart a little bit, there was a lot of doubt, Walt told me, among the players about why are we out here practicing in the heat of the summer? It looks like this isn't going to happen. Once they announced the eight-game schedule, he saw a real buy-in from his players that, okay, we can trust this staff because Walt kept saying to his players, we are going to do everything we can to try to play football. And so that's when he saw kind of the light come on and a connection between the, the staff and the players. He said, you can't do that on Zoom meetings when you are told, you know, by the protocols, you have to stay away from the players. So, so uh, it has been tough and it's taken a while. And, you know, there has been some attrition because of, this situation, but he feels like it took a while, but eventually that trust that you look for and that culture has, has come to pass, but it was later than you would have hoped for. You would have hoped that that would have happened in the spring, but there was no way that would happen. 
Also, the good news for Wald, of course, he's no stranger to EKU. He served as right. an assistant under Roy Kidd. He's been there. He he knows the culture. He knows what is expected, what EKU football should be. So maybe it was just more of him selling what EKU football should be to a new group of kids than anything. Right. He uh, he was there under Roy Kidd, as you said, for six years and under Dean Hood, who's now the head coach at Murray, had been at Kentucky the last few years uh, for – for one year, and and he's he's been at, at Western Kentucky for ten years, South Florida for a year, New Mexico State, uh, and then the last few years, the last four years, two at Kentucky and two at Tennessee. So he's kind of gone from Power Five to Sun Belt, CUSA, OVC, and so he he's ready for the job. He's it's the fifteenth head coach in EKU history, but. He is he is one that knows the tradition of Eastern Kentucky. You know, I go back and I look at tradition. EKU had tremendous tradition in the end of nineteen, you know, the nineteen seventy nine championship and through the eighties and into the mid nineties. And then Marshall had that unbelievable run, nine playoffs for ten years, where the two played a couple of great playoff games at Huntington. So both schools have had that tradition. The unfortunate thing for Eastern Kentucky is. They haven't won a playoff game since 1994. When it came to a halt, they, they've gotten to the playoffs, but they just haven't been able to win a game. So there's still that rebuilding that has to be done to try to get back to where they were uh, what's unfortunately been 25 years ago now. It's hard to imagine. Um, here's something else that made me feel old, and you know, I'm 49, Marshall offers Chad Pennington's son a uh, an offer, so Chad Pennington's yeah. kid could be at Marshall as a quarterback. Uh, I felt old instantly when I saw that. Yeah, I go back and I look at uh, some of these records, and I remember the '91 game and the the '92 game, and and I'm thinking that wasn't that long ago. And then I start adding up the years, and it, it frightens me. I'm I'm about ready to crack the uh, the Medicare era, so. Uh, you know, I would love to be able to see Eastern Kentucky get back to a playoff and win a game before I before I hang it up. Because I was a young kid. I mean, I graduated from Western Kentucky, got the job uh, less than a year out of college at Eastern. In the first four years, I did EKU games. They went to the national championship game and won twice. So I was too young to really understand and enjoy what I was able to have in those four years. This game is – I'm excited for this game. EKU Marshall means something to me. Now, for a younger generation, you may have to educate them a little bit. But for a yeah. while, as we talked about, this game meant something. There was always something on the line. And you know, I know EKU is, is not moving up anytime soon to uh, play uh, FBS football. But it would be nice to see this game more often because it really made sense for these two teams when they were together, same division, playing each other. It was always a great rivalry. I always got up for EKU. I was always excited. Yeah, if you if you still talk to a Western Kentucky fan, they still see that blood boil on an EKU game, even though the way the athletic administration treats it is different because college athletics in the landscape is different. Um, Eastern Kentucky made a bid, and they weren't quite ready, but they made an effort to get – to FBS and joined the Sun Belt, and it was down to EKU and Coastal Carolina, and the Sun Belt took 
Coastal Carolina. I think that set them back a little bit, and it'll be a while before anything happens. You know, uh, Steve Cotton and I have talked when we played, when the two teams played basketball, and I guess for us old school people, I miss the fact that you certainly wish, and I understand why it can't happen, but from a fan standpoint and a regional economic and geographical standpoint, I would love to see Middle Tennessee, Eastern Kentucky, Marshall and Western Kentucky be together, throw in an Appalachian state in there, get back to some regional sensibility. But it's tough when every school is trying to climb the ladder and uh, a school that has climbed a rung or two higher isn't going to want to help one down below make that move up, if that makes sense. Uh, But yes, when you go back and look at the history of this rivalry i mean some great games and i had tweeted out uh, earlier this week the one thing i remember i remember when eastern kentucky won the last game ever played at the old stadium in huntington uh and then just the total despair of losing that game uh 14 to 7 in 1991 uh so there have been some highs and lows for both teams in this series and i was at both of them i was at that final game at fairfield uh, wow, that was a low point for herd fans. It, it, not because of the, of the loss, it's just the fact it was EKU that handed Marshall that loss. And yeah, that I, was a low scoring game. I think it was fifteen twelve, if my memory serves me right. And I remember Jim Donnan saying that, that they'd never have a season like that again. And um, boy, um, yeah, things took off. But yeah, those games are uh, legendary for herd fans. And, and now we've got this one coming up on Saturday. And joining us on the program, Greg Sotomayor. Uh, you're ready. I saw on Twitter the other day. I retweeted the uh, broadcaster arts and crafts of your spotting boards. <laughs> yeah. uh, you're all set, ready to go, and in uh, true play by play fashion. Just like Steve Cotton, you guys are handwriting all this stuff out even to this day. And so uh, you know a little bit more about this EKU team than your average Herd fan does. And uh, you probably know maybe just as much or a little bit more than uh, Doc Holliday does because nobody knows what kind of team we're going to see on the field. Is it going to be a run team, a pass team? Are there going to be all kinds of uh, trick plays? We don't know with a first-year head coach. I think because of – the lack of personnel in certain places, you won't see the offense that Eastern Kentucky would like to play in the Wells era. They're going to be constricted somewhat to try to slow games down. So I think you may see more running uh, plays than you would normally as, as the seasons move along. But um, it is for Doc Holliday and for the, the, uh, staff at Marshall tough to decide because you can't go pop a tape in, you know, the four years Mark Elder was there. It's a new it's a new defensive coordinator who used to play, used to be at EKU and was a uh, was a player at Eastern Kentucky and Jake Johnson and then Andy Richmond, who was a GA at Eastern Kentucky way back in two thousand and four is back. He had been out at New Mexico State. So you can go look at other schools and see what some kind of themes or philosophies or or structure they had in the offense and defense, but you really don't know uh, what what Eastern Kentucky is going to do. So that's a disadvantage. You know, Eastern Kentucky can pop in the tape and they can look at at Marshall a little bit more. So yeah, I think it's a little bit of advantage prep wise, but both teams haven't had any ability to look at anything from spring or glean anything as well. So 
I think sometimes those things are overrated. You know, it's like we debate off weeks and who gets the advantage and that kind of thing. So, uh, but maybe a slight advantage to Eastern Kentucky in the sense that they can prepare a little bit more from the past season. I lost you there. You just don't go away from him because I mean, he makes that offense yeah. go. Yeah, I, hey, I lost you for just a little bit. Repeat that, the, the next question. I was going to say, uh, what I said was, um, no matter what happens with a new head coach, uh, one thing I think is a certain is running back Alonzo Booth, he's getting yeah. the ball and often because you just don't go away from a talent like that. No, and he, he, he never got a start uh, at Eastern Kentucky in his 23 games because he was behind – uh, Daryl McCleskey, who who left Eastern Kentucky as the uh, 17th highest uh, runner in in Colonel football history, but Booth was the guy that could score the touchdowns. He's good short yardage back, 14 touchdowns last year. He's six one two fifty, really good back. And they do have they have a lot of young backs behind him, a sophomore and then uh, three freshmen. But uh, they feel pretty strong at running back. Their offensive line is nowhere near as experienced as Marshall's is, but but they do have uh, three starters back, and and I think they've got some depth on the offensive line where they where they're really thin due to guys either leaving the program or graduating is is at uh, the slot and wide receiver position. Joining us on the program from EKU, Greg Stolmeyer, and. Marshall, EKU coming up on Saturday, as we mentioned, going to be the first game to be watched on a Saturday. I know we have a couple games on Thursday, but still game day Saturday, ESPN, and uh, it's really going to be a a big deal for for everyone. Uh, Did you even think we'd get to this point? I know there's been a lot of back and forth, even a few weeks ago, that maybe nobody would play, but here we are, and it's going to be on national TV, so really... Marshall and EKU are going to be out of the gate, pretty much the the primary game for everybody on college football Saturday. Yeah, it's really uh, it's it's great for Eastern Kentucky. I mean, they got that, and the next week at West Virginia, I think it's on FS1. So, you know, they kind of landed in in a good spot. Um, I, I for maybe a month ago, I, I I was doubtful, but I feel more confident now. But every week, you you still don't know if if something flares up and things change. I mean, just look at. Marshall's situation with the East Carolina game. So uh, uh, we'll see. But, you know, you take it one week at a time. You try to do the best you can and keep your fingers crossed that uh, that that things move along. Uh, and we're close, you know, so we're all, we're almost there, right? Yeah, we're a few days away. So we're hoping everything is, is going well and uh, that uh, everyone at Marshall is quarantining continuously. And I'm sure the same for your kids and your staff. Uh, you know, are you th- are you in the protocol, or are you just right outside of that protocol? Uh, you know, how's quarantine? No, I'm out. Look? I'm I'm outside the protocol, but uh, you know, we have a lot of restrictions on what what we can do and how how the booth, booths will be set up and those kinds of things. So, uh, um, and you know, I'm, I'm good obeying mask wear myself. So, ready to go. Yeah, uh, that's um, that's going to be the uh, the challenge. Everyone going to a college football game wearing a mask. Uh, for several hours, not just running into the store. I think that's going to be the first challenge for everyone to, uh, you know, for you though, I mean, once you get into the booth though, you, you get to at least, or will you, will you be wearing the mask while you, you do play, play by play? Are you at that level or? No, I don't, I don't plan to, uh, 
but to have as much separation as we can. And I know there are some things that at the Eastern Kentucky press box, and we won't play a home game in, in Richmond until October, but there will be some kind of divide between myself and uh, the, the caller analyst. And then we're even moving further, and we don't have as big a booth, but moving the, the engineer further away and maybe out of the booth. So, uh, you know, there are some precautions being taken. Yeah, and and that's at home and with uh, games on the road because you're going on the road because yeah, some announcers are doing the game have the luxury of doing the game from studios back wherever their home base is. Uh, you know, you probably don't have that luxury as well as I'm sure uh, Steve Cotton doesn't necessarily have that luxury as well to sit back and and do the game from from the booth even on the road. Right, I think that's that sounds good on paper sometimes, and you see it done on the national level, but we don't. There's not that ability to pipe in the natural sound and all those things and have the monitors and the production to do it. That takes more than just saying, hey, let's don't send our announcers there. And I think so far they've made the right decision to to allow announcers to and play-by-play crews to travel. And we don't travel directly with the team. Uh, I did get a directive from our SID through, I would assume, the Marshall folks that that we don't have access to the field because sometimes you know an hour and a half before the game we'll go down and talk to the coaches and just get a sense from field level before I go back up to the booth to do the game and we won't be able to do that but that's a that's a minor inconvenience which that we would be very willing to put up with and will. Greg we're excited to see you on Saturday your first of two trips to the Mountain State this year and uh Hopefully uh, everything goes well because, again, if you have to open up, uh, you have to change your schedule, I don't think you could come up with a better pairing, Marshall and EKU. It's uh, it's just a great game to have. Yeah, it's great. We played, what, two years ago in football? And yep. we've, and the and the rivalry's back, uh, especially with, you know, A.W. as the head coach at EKU. He played at Marshall. And so the basketball uh, series is continuing, and that's a great series. And, and it's, it's just a no-brainer for the – these two schools to play as much as they can in in all sports uh, because of their proximity and the old rivalry. I think it's a, a great move and a great way to start the season. Well, Greg, looking forward to seeing you on Saturday and uh, we'll all social distance uh, when we get to end Jones C. Edwards Stadium and uh, have a safe trip. Uh, we're looking forward to seeing okay, you. Okay, will do. All right, thanks for asking me and uh, we'll see you Saturday. That's, Bye-bye. That's Greg Stoltenmeyer. He's the voice of the EKU Colonels. We'll come back and uh, we'll carry on with today's edition of The Drive here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Now back to The Drive with Paul Swan on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. Our phone lines this hour, 877-420-TALK, 877-420-8255. Brought to you by Miller Lite. Hold true. Great taste. Only 96 calories. It is the original light beer. Let's go to the phone. Haven't heard from Jeremy in a while. He's now on the drive. Go ahead, Jeremy. Where you been? We haven't heard from you in a while. Uh, I've been around, Paul. I've been listening every day. I just wanted to call in and talk about how excited I was for this football season to get ready to start here. Uh, you know, we are very lucky that uh, we are herd fans and that we're able to go to the game on Saturday. I just wanted to say that uh, the first time I've actually had season tickets, I think, since I was a student at Marshall. Um, and I felt like it was something I needed to do for the university. I think everybody in that stadium, uh, we really need to pack that stadium. We really need to help them, you know, sell out the rest of the social distance tickets. 
and and do our part uh, to you know to do everything we can for the university by wearing our masks, social distancing, everything, and just be lucky that we are able to go to the game and uh, be the herd fans that we're able to be together this year on the 50th anniversary of the plane crash. Yeah, I think it's important if Marshall is going to be able to allow fans to go to the game that everyone take advantage of it and do that's what's asked of them. I mean, I think it's real simple. You want to continue to go to herd football games, do what the athletic department, do what the university asks of you to go. And if you can pull it off successfully the first game, then you can pull it off successfully the second game and the third game and the fourth game. And you know, really, I think it's all upon us if – you want to be able to be in attendance. You got to do it right the first time to get a chance to do it again the second time. Absolutely. I mean, I think that our our uh, athletic director, Mike Hamrick, has really been a shining example through all of this uh, COVID uh, stuff. I really thought the letter he put out to the fans today was great, uh, getting everybody energized for the season and thanking everybody for everything that they've done. Um, do you know whether he's going to have the show tomorrow night with Inside Herd Athletics? Or? No, we're not going to have that um, okay. till further notice. Uh, of course, um, a lot of it's logistics. Uh, we will have the Doc Holiday show coming up uh, tomorrow, so that's going to happen. And that's going to be done a lot different than it's uh, used to. If I understand correctly, don't hold me to this, but if I understand correctly, uh, it's going to be done remotely. So uh, you're going to have uh, Steve Cotton and I believe Doc Holliday are going to social distance from each other and maybe do it uh, on Zoom. They're going to not be in the same room. So, you know, because, again, Doc's in protocol. Steve isn't because Steve's not on the athletic staff, like game day, you know, coach, assistant coach, trainer. So I don't believe he's in the same protocol. Uh, I do believe he's getting tested, though, because uh, I know um, I actually talked to Woody Woodrum today. And he's been tested because he's uh, he's part of the uh, this, the press box uh, staff on game day. So uh, I, I don't know what the protocol is, but I do know they're going to be, I believe, apart from each other. So that might be part of the reason why because they're in different protocols. Uh, that's great. You know, I, I think Steve really does such a good sh- uh, job with that coach, uh, call, coach's call-in show. I, I hope that they're going to maybe start taking calls since uh, you're not able to go, you know, just over to Fat Patties and ask a question or. I guess you can still tweet in to, uh, to Steve, but, uh, yeah, they just do such a great job with that. I'm glad that they're taking all the all the precautions and everything. Uh, and just real quick, uh, <laughs> I got to have to take a jab at you, Paul. What I do, uh, what I do. I, 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 I could see, I could feel the guilt in your voice whenever uh, the, uh, the guy from EKU was talking about that they lost their FBS spot to Coastal Carolina. Uh, I could just feel, feel how, uh, how guilty you felt. <laughs> I mean, I do like Coastal Carolina. I mean, we, it's it's a known fact, and if it's not, it, it's it's. Let me reintroduce everyone to it. I, I like Coastal Carolina. I don't know why. I've never been there. I've never been to Coastal <laughs> Carolina. I just like saying Coastal Carolina to the point of root form now. Well, it's right by the beach. So how can you not like it? Right? See, that might be it. <laughs> See, that might be my uh, retirement another- destination. You know, when I'm done with this, you know, I might have to just. I don't know, take a part-time job at Coastal Carolina just so I can enjoy the beach. Yeah, just another uh, quick thing. I was watching uh, just a throwback wrestling pay-per-view this past week on Halloween Havoc 1991, and I was so amazed whenever uh, Jim Ross brought up the uh, Thundering Herds 1991 season uh, and how they had just lost to UT uh, Chattanooga. Uh, the night before that wrestling pay-per-view. So <laughs> I thought it was hilarious that Jim Ross was throwing the herd in uh, 1991 season underneath the bus. 
I mean, come on. That was the big event back in the day. Halloween Havoc. That was that was a huge wrestling pay-per-view. Yeah, it was. <laughs> I, I, mean, I just thought it was hilarious. <laughs> okay, now I, I've had to do the quick research here. Who was on that card here? Okay, let's see. Um, uh, you had Sting. The main thing was the, yeah. The main thing was the Chamber of Horrors match. I think we're getting ready to talk about. <laughs> uh, okay, El Gigante, Sting, and the Steiner Brothers uh, defeated Abdullah the Butcher, the Diamond Stud, Cactus Jack, and Big Van Bader, Vader. <laughs> Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And it, it 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 ended with Abdul the Butcher uh getting electrocuted uh and the uh they had a like an electric chair set up in the middle of kind of like a hell in a cell <laughs> and Mick Foley uh pulling the cord to <laughs> to get him electrocuted. And the enforcers yeah, were wrestling that year. Yeah, Arn Anderson and Larry Zabisco, the enforcers were on that card. Yeah, so I, I think the next thing we need to do, you need to get the the hookup with Con, uh, so that the, they can stream in the Power Park uh, Saturday night the AEW pay per view. And uh, they, if they're going to sh- start showing big events, why don't why not get some wrestling pay per views going down down there? Okay, so <laughs> you want to see a wrestling pay per view at Appalachian Power Park? Why not? Right? Okay. All right, we'll make That's it happen. Like fun? I'm going to make it happen. <laughs> All right, Paul. Hey, thank you so much for the show, man. I really enjoy it. Thank you. I appreciate that. Thanks for checking in. David Kahn needs to make this happen. You know what? You know what? You know, I can I can do this. It's my show. I can do this right now. I can do this right now. Let's see what happens here. Let's see what happens here. Hello? Hi, David. This is Paul Swan. This is the Flash episode of Swan and Con on ESPN 94.1 and AM 930. Your name was brought up on the program just moments ago. Not by me, so you have to respond. Okay, what's up? Uh, we had a caller, Jeremy, a longtime listener, great fan of the show. Um, he brought up the fact that he was watching Halloween Havoc 1991. Uh, because, uh, well, I, I guess he needed some entertainment. And he told me Jim Ross uh, mentioned the Thundering Herd that in that in that pay-per-view. But he thinks that Appalachian Power Park should host the next wrestling pay-per-view, AEW wrestling pay-per-view. Uh, can you make that happen? Uh, I can certainly work on it. I can tell you that we are working on uh, hosting... Uh, possibly some live uh, wrestling actually coming up. Uh, can't can't say any more than that because it's still very much in the works. But we are uh, we are working on potential. Okay, so in the near future. breaking news: the World Wrestling Entertainment uh, will present a card at Appalachian Power Park. World Wrestling Entertainment <laughs> at, at Appalachian that's, Power that's Park. That's not what I said. That's not what I said. That's what you said. The Rock. And uh, Mick Foley will reunite for a one-night-only tag no. match. No, Paul, this is this is the great part. Uh, you and I are actually the ones wrestling. With each other or against each other? Against each other, obviously. Okay. Uh, no holds barred? What's your, what's your wrestling name? Yeah, yeah, what's your wrestling name? I'll come up with one. Give me some Mine, time. Mine's easy. It's, mine's easy. It's the con artist. The con artist. Okay. 
Yeah. I wasn't expecting that. Okay, the con artist. All right. Well, um, um, no holds barred. Um, pen counts. You know, pens. You know, pinfall anywhere. Right. Um. Yep. Yep. No yep. rules. Right. Hard. Yeah. You know, hardcore. Hardcore rules. Yeah. You can use whatever you want. Uh, chairs, tables, any of that stuff. Yeah. It's all legal. Okay. Um, the Appalachian Power Park twenty four seven championship on the line. Uh, we can stream it, yeah, sure, whatever you want. No, no, I mean the championship, the the Appalachian Power Park championship on the line. It's the hardcore championship. Oh, oh. Well, no, I think this is the Swan and Con championship because it's between you and me. Everything else can be under the Appalachian Power Park umbrella, but, but ours is a, is a special, uh, it's not the main event, it's a, it's a side card, I think is what they call it. It's a grudge match. Um, it's, so it, is it a loser leave town match? Yeah, yeah. Well, I was gonna call it a cage match. Okay. Uh, we were gonna, we were, we're gonna be in a cage. Okay. Why are we fighting against each other? Why are we tagging up against someone? I mean, we could, but who would we tag up against? Who do you don't? Li- yeah. Who do you not like? Who don't you like? I, I, I don't want to say that on the radio. All right. Text me the name. I'll, uh, I'll make, I'll book the match. <laughs> okay. Well, book- so we're picking someone that I don't like and you don't like. And then for some reason they have to magically team up with each other. Yeah, let's do that. Okay. <laughs> All right, that's great because I, I have people in mind, but like they're going to be like, "Why am I teaming up with some random person that uh, you know goes to WVU?" And uh, you know they, they're going to be very confused. We're, you know what we're going to do? You know what? It's going to be a handicap match, two on one. Oh, oh, we're handicapping them. Now. Handicap match? Yes. I mean, come on. It's okay. It, I mean, look, the uh, Swan and Con international titles are on the line, and, uh, you know, we make the rules. We're like the Freebirds. You know, Fabulous Freebirds, we have Freebird rules. I mean, there's, there could be like four or five yeah, of us. Well, we have Freebird rules. Any, any member of the, of the yeah, family can wrestle for the titles. Yeah, but, but unlike really long songs, uh, this fight will not last as long as it takes to play through the fire and the plane. Fair enough. Um, you work on our entrance song, by the way. Uh, I'm going to put you in charge of that done already already have it okay good deal uh we'll work on that hey uh thanks yeah, for this it's, uh, it's, uh it's, 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 it's enter sandman but it'll be enter swan and con yeah this is the way to end this show this is definitely this is the cherry <laughs> on top i mean i have a serious interview with uh, greg stoltemeyer the voice of eku i have uh jeremy call yep. um you know, talk a little uh herd and wrestling and uh you're the cherry on top of this Love it. Go hurt on Saturday. Thank you, sir. Uh, we'll talk to you soon. All right. See you, Paul. David Kahn, thankfully not answering his phone and getting me in trouble on the live airwaves uh, with a flash episode of Swan and Kahn here on the drive. Okay. Um, we can make this happen. We can make this pay-per-view thing happen if you if you like over at Appalachian Power Park. Wouldn't that be cool, though? Wouldn't that be cool You go out to the, the ballpark and you can get in the pa- get in the ballpark. You can watch the pay-per-view for a, a price. You can social distance. They'll have concessions there. That'd be pretty cool. I'd like to see that happen. Uh, I mean, I've, I've seen I've seen We Are Marshall over at Jones C. Edwards Stadium on the big screen. I've seen that. It was pretty cool, actually. You know, I, I thought, how's this gonna? Oh, okay. No, I can I can see this. This 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 would be pretty good, actually, to have. Um, this would be pretty good. All right, uh, we're gonna call it a day here on the show. 
Uh, we're going to get back in order tomorrow. We're going to get our house in order tomorrow. Uh, don't forget, coming up tomorrow, the Doc Holiday Show. We'll look forward to that, the COVID-19 edition. I mean, we've already had the Doc Holiday Zoom press conference. Uh, now we've got the Doc Holiday COVID-19 edition of his show. I'm looking forward to hearing that. Uh, that means we're one step closer to game day, one step closer to getting to normal. Thanks to uh, the voice of EKU, Greg Stoltemeyer, joining us on the program. Also, uh, for the voice of the Appalachian Power Park, West Virginia Power, David Kahn. All right, that's going to do it for this edition here on ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930. WRBC Huntington, W. WS Huntington, your flagship home of the Marshall Thundering Herd and The Drive with Paul Swan, ESPN 94.1 FM and AM 930.